Welcome to episode number 83 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Always Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On this week's show is guest Alex Reddy. A lot of lacrosse folks might know him from the area. He's a former uh, four-year Mannheim Township uh, boys lacrosse goalie back in the day, I think 2011 through 2014. Um, and he is now most known for being the third-year starting keeper for the Denver men's lacrosse team, one of the best uh, collegiate lacrosse teams in the entire country. Alex is actually back home over the summer and was kind enough to stop into the studio. We had a really good conversation uh, just in terms of all the ups and downs that he's been through both in his high school and collegiate career, how he's overcome some of the trials along the way, proving himself the next level, improving on his craft, overcoming some injuries. And um, I think you guys will really benefit from this, uh, from hearing this conversation. He's a really awesome dude. And uh, he's going to be, I guess, going down to Baltimore to work for a major league lacrosse player who has a business down there over the summer, um, at least four days out of the week, and then stopping back up in Lancaster over the weekend. So thanks to Alex for stopping in. One last programming note before we move forward here. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to the Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes podcast on iTunes or Google Play. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with Alex Reddy. Enjoy. Man, so wow, second grade you started playing lacrosse. I didn't even know you could play at that, that young of an age. Were you a goalie even back then? Yeah, so it was, it was, um, it was actually a third and fourth grade team. Um, but, but back then they let, if you were big enough, they would let you, let you play. Um, and it was, it was a winter league, so it was me. And the reason I started playing, I was actually a baseball player. I, I loved baseball growing up. Wow. Um, and then in second grade, my best friend. Were you a catcher? Friend, I was a pitcher. All right, yeah. all right, sorry. So, and then at the, at the time, my best friend decided to go out and play, lac- play lacrosse, and I was like, oh, well, you know, my friend's trying it. I'll give it a shot. And then it was, a, it was a winter skills clinic for third and fourth graders, and when the session was all done, um, the, the, the coach running it just asked, hey, we don't have a goalie. Does anyone need a goalie? And I was always someone in sports. I always just kind of threw myself into everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if, you know, baseball, if they needed someone to play shortstop, hey, I'll do it, you know, or whatever it was, basketball. Um, I just always wanted to play, and I, I, so I was like, yeah, sure. No one raised their hand. I was like, I'll do it. I, I had no <laughs> idea what I was getting myself into, um, but it worked out. And who was the friend who asked you to play? Did he, like, do we know him for anything? Uh, no, his, his okay. name was Andrew Young. He was a, he was a childhood friend, and then... Um, I so, know if he went on to play collegiately. Like, no, okay. no, but uh, <laughs> he actually stopped in high school. But then one of my best friends who I became best friends with through lacrosse, or through sports, through football, actually, I got to play lacrosse, got him to play lacrosse, and now he just graduated from Johns Hopkins. Oh, nice. He played for four years at Johns Hopkins. All right. Yeah. Hey, before, um, I wanted to ask you this before I forget, you were also a basketball player, two-time All-League defensive selection. Um, I don't know, is that something that you played pretty much from a young age on up through? Yeah, so that was something I played all growing up. I was a big Sixers fan growing up. My dad's a big Philadelphia sports fan. Um, so naturally, I was attracted to basketball, football, baseball. You probably came up at an age like when Allen Iverson yep. was leading the gang. You were I probably was, really I young was and in Big Allen Iverson fan. Um, so yeah, I started playing basketball. I've been playing basketball as long as I can remember. I still, how, are, how are you on the offensive end? I was okay. I think my <laughs> senior year, I think I averaged like nine points a game. Okay, um, that's pretty so, good. So not bad, but uh, right. I was definitely more known for, for my defense. All right. Could you sure. still pick up a basketball today? And, yeah, I do. And... Uh, one of my roommates at school actually played basketball growing up, too. So we'll try to get out you know, once every few months and, and try to shoot. We play 
uh, at DU, we play like a team five-on-five tournament mm-hmm. every year in the fall. So that's usually my one time a year where I really get out and get to pick up a ball a little bit. And then uh, back in the lacrosse uh, field, four-year keeper for Mannheim Township. I was just going over the district PIAA stuff from 2011 through 14, which would been been your time there. Um, let's see, District 3 champs, 2011, District 3 champs in 2013, reached the semis in 2012 and 14. Um, you guys reached a PIAAA, the state quarterfinals um 2012 i don't know I, before i move on to the college stuff like is there any games in particular or any moments from your high school career that still kind of stick out in your mind that you really carry with you uh yeah i mean i think i think the the league championships the district championships are always games you remember growing up especially going to those games um you kind of see that as like where you want to get to um you had mentioned the 1716 win against Hemfield in overtime my freshman year that was kind of my first experience of big time lacrosse mm. um, so I think I think that really stands out to me as as early in my high school career and then um, I think you know my junior senior year we lost the league finals to Hemfield in overtime I think that loss stands out to me a little bit just as a big learning experience for me and how to handle losing I think that was really tough because I think being a township you're so fortunate and so lucky to win so often. Mm-hmm. So I think losing a tough game like that was really big for my development as a, as a athlete. And how so? Like, do you remember that moment? Like, what um, did you learn from it? You know, I, th- I think just, just kind of how to, how to handle losing, how to deal with coming out on the losing end of those games. You know, as, as a township athlete, again, you're so used to being on the winning end of those. And um, so I think losing that, being a goalie on that team, being a leader on that team, taking a loss like that is really difficult and really challenging. And I think as I've moved into my college career, uh, something like that has really helped me kind of learn how to handle losing and handle defeat. Mm-hmm. And so end up by the end of the, your high school career, three-time selection at goalie, three-time all-league selection, I should say, 2013 U.S. Lacrosse All-American. So that would have been your junior year and yep. you All-American. Yep. reason I bring that up, like, after a season like that as a junior, All-American status um, as a goalie, the recruitment process probably should have really, really picked up for you. Um, and it's interesting in that the first time I ever talked to you was over the phone, I think probably 2016, which was, you know, freshman year at Denver mm-hmm. and, and kind of talking about, you know, that prep year that you took. And, and what I'm getting to is like your senior high school the recruitment process, it was late for you. Um, I think Denver didn't come along until near the end of your senior year, I guess. Uh, so Denver, Denver was the last school I took a visit to. Uh, it was right before my junior year when I first got in contact with them. So mm. um, I was going through the summer before my junior year, not really knowing where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. Uh, I'd been in contact with a few schools, um, and then Denver came about, I want to say, the middle of August before my junior year. And I took a visit about two weeks later, committed the day after I visited, and the rest is history from there. Right. And the interesting thing there, you committed before they won that national championship. Mm -hmm. Now everybody knows them as this lacrosse power. If you can kind of remember back on that visit, um, the pieces that you saw and, and what you see now of that program, like, 
I don't know what what stood out in your mind to know that okay this is the the program out west and in, in Colorado nobody knows about them yet um, well I mean per se at least from the East Coast perspective anyway um, but I'm just kind of curious what you saw back then I mean because we all see it now but um, you were kind of on top of that I guess <laughs> yeah I, I, th I think for me going back to it um, trying to make a decision on the based on the people uh, not so much the emotional ties to the name of the program I think. I went into it with a really open mind, and when I got a chance to sit down with Coach T, Coach Brown, and at the time Coach Sheridan, who's now the head coach of Cleveland State, mm -hmm. um, I just felt like from a coaching standpoint, from as a coaching staff, um, they were the right fit for me. They, they bring a lot of structure, a lot of discipline uh, to the program and to the players, and, and at the time I felt like that was something I really needed um, for me personally to grow and become the player and the person I wanted to be. And um, Obviously, every school you go to these days has the facilities, has the field, has, you know, the gear, you know, all the, all the stuff you could possibly ask for. But I think what really separated Denver for me were the people involved with the program. Mm. The the prep year, I think, was what, 2015, 2015 16 yep. for you. Yep. You're basically out in Colorado. You're living on your own. You're going to a community college to get your grades in line and, and also kind of fine tuning your lacrosse skills at the same time. But, man, you're on the other side of the country. Um, you just got out of high school. You're living on your own. You're pretty much working on your own. Um, yep. That that was a very formative year for you. And looking back, like how do you, what do you think you learned from that? Oh well, I, I sure learned a lot. I think when I found out that was going to have to be the route I was going to have to take, I think the first plan was for me to stay home and go to like a Penn State branch campus mm. and and do that for a year, live at home, um, and then myself, my dad, and, and Coach T sat down to talk over the phone, and Coach T said, well, why don't you come out here? And I, me and my dad kind of looked at each other, and we were like, what? <laughs> what? Um, and Coach T, this just goes back to how great of a person Coach T is. He, he said, look, I know this is really difficult now and really challenging now, but I promise you this will be the greatest thing that ever happened to you if you trust me and you do this. Mm -hmm. And I sat down, talked with my parents, and decided let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, so literally, I think it was like August 4th or August 5th that I decided I was going to do that. And I was moved in by August 15th Wow! out in, out in Denver. We found an apartment right on campus. Um, I moved out. My parents helped me get stuff moved in and they said, all right, here you go. You're on your own. Uh, they flew home and, and I was on my own. I had to figure stuff out for myself. I think, and I, th I think the thing, the biggest things I took away from it were the things you don't really appreciate like you know I had to take care of paying rent every month making sure that you know the rent got in on time making sure I had food cooking doing laundry cleaning um, had get, you done any of that as you're growing up yeah at, at yeah home and stuff? I like, had parents instilling that in you yeah I had okay. but I think when you don't have mom there to tell you hey you do your dishes or hey do your laundry I think it brings <laughs> this kind of self-responsibility that, that you have to take care of that stuff. I was responsible for getting myself to class every day, getting all my work done, making sure I was working out, eating healthy, getting the rest I needed. Um, you had to grow up quick. Yeah, exactly. I think I had to grow up really quick. And I think when I got to Denver, I think I was a little bit ahead of other guys mm -hmm. in my class just because I did have that extra year kind of to learn and develop in, in that area. Hey, before I forget to ask, the going out to Denver, and I've never been to Colorado, so forgive me if I sound ignorant, but like, 
cold weather climate, so much of your, your regular season stuff that I see, at least online on TV anyway, it's often like freezing cold, windy, yeah. sometimes snowing. But it, it, you're probably used to that in the sense being from Northeast uh, yeah. United States of the first two months of the season are always cold and terrible weather anyway. Like, mm-hmm. is it any different? Is it a little worse? Yeah, is it, more it, snow it is actually pretty different. I think I would say the winters here are much worse because in Colorado it'll snow, but it's always sunny. So <clears throat> it'll snow for like a day or it'll snow for a couple hours and then the sun comes out. So, and there's no humidity. So it's just a very like dry heat. Um, so it, it's, <laughs> but it, it's, it, it is different. And you know, you get the snow, you get tons and tons of snow, but then the sun comes out and it all melts in a couple of days mm-hmm. or you get the, the random hail, mm-hmm. um, or weird changes in weather. But honestly, I enjoy the winters out there more than I did here growing up. Wow. To be honest. Not yeah. something I, I thought I'd hear you say, I guess with no humidity, it makes things a lot different too. Um, all right. So get to Denver, technically your freshman season, 15, 16 school year, 2016 freshman year at Denver. Um, walk me through just how you go about kind of earning that, that starting goalkeeper position, what that battle was like. And I don't know the, the transition from the high school to the college game. Plus you hadn't played high school lacrosse in, yeah. in what year or two. Um, so that had to be challenging for you. I'm just kind of curious that initial transition, how challenging that was for you. Yeah, it was, it was really challenging. I think it gets overlooked how big of a difference in pace of play and how much faster the college game is and how much faster the athletes are. Um, it's, it's so much different, but I think I did have a little bit of an advantage just because that community college year, I was able to stop by and watch practice once or twice a week and, um, work with Trevor Tierney, who at the time was the goalie coach. I was able to work with him on my own a little bit, um, on my own time. Um, so I was able to talk to him and kind of understand the feeling for the college game and, and Ryan LaPlante, who was the goalie at the time, who I'm still close friends with, um, was able to help me and, and kind of tell me what to expect a little bit. But I think, there's nothing that can prepare you for the kind of that first week of practice when you get out on the field and see the speed. Like my first day, I, I remember I was, <laughs> we were doing some kind of drill and, and someone, you know, zipped one by my head and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is different. Um, so it's definitely different. Not only that, you earned the starting job and Denver's coming off a national championship season. So one, you're a freshman, two, you're filling a, a position for a national championship team that had to add a little bit extra pressure on your shoulders. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, it definitely added some pressure, but I also think at the same time, in in a sense, it helped me being a freshman because I didn't really know any better. Like going into going into Duke games or or big North Carolina games or Notre Dame, you don't really, you don't really know what you're getting into. You don't really understand yet. Like the rivalries and, and kind of the, you know, how talented these other teams are. So you kind of go in kind of not really knowing any better. Um, and it's more just having fun and, and, you know, doing what you know how to do. But um, I think for us as a team, there was a lot of pressure uh, defending that national championship. I think by the end of the year, a lot of guys mm. were a little mentally worn down, myself included, because I think you do feel that internal pressure to kind of live up to these expectations of a national championship team. And Alex ends up starting all 16 games in the net for the Pioneers in 2016 season. Uh, Denver went 13-3 and in goal in his rookie year. Uh, he played just shy of 880 minutes, making 142 saves on 132 goals allowed. It's a 518 save percentage. Named the Big East Goalie of the Year, first team Big East Conference on a Pioneers team that was the Big East runner-up and made the NCAA tournament appearance. I say all that to bring up, like, you made it look easy, but I'm sure it wasn't. Um, I don't know. As far as the challenges, I know you kind of just hit on that, but, like, 
What did you take away from that season just as far as like, okay, this is really difficult and this is what I want to get better in? Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't easy. That's for sure. I, I definitely had my struggles uh, during that season. But um, overall, as a player, it was a big growth opportunity and learning experience for me. Just um, as I mentioned, I, I was by the end of the year, I was, I was worn down. Uh, physically, I was worn down. Mentally, really? I was worn down. Um, it's a long season. I think you kind of underestimate the, the, the length and the grind of the season. I think... Coach T mentioned it before we left this summer. We had like this season, we had like 210 practices, 17 games, and we traveled over like 20,000 miles. Um, so it, it definitely, it's, it's a long season. So I think you just kind of learn in the off season, all right, how do I prepare my body and prepare my mind? So I'm peaking in January. How do you do that? Um, well, I think it's something I've, I'm even to this day still trying to figure out a little really? bit. Um, it's it's really challenging. Um, uh, just staying up on staying on top of little things like nutrition, sleep, recovery are things that I've learned are super super important to, to get through the whole season. Right, because in high school you don't really think about that yeah. kind of stuff. You just kind of show up and play, and yeah. you're you're so young that your body's probably just yeah. going on adrenaline anyway. Um, and as you get older, you kind of realize uh, you got to take better care of yourself. I was going to bring this up later, but since you're kind of chatting on it, it's interesting that, like, I'm sure high school lacrosse players are going to listen to this and think, man, uh, what an awesome opportunity to play, be a starting keeper now for three years for one of the best programs in the entire country. But as you said, it's so much more involved. Not only that, there's also the class aspect yes. of staying yep. up on your grades and, and studying and, and all that, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But what I'm getting at is, like, it's almost a full-time job in the sense of juggling classes and, and playing lacrosse you got to really love it because um, yeah. so many, at least recently, I've heard of, of guys just getting burnt out um, when they get to that level. And I'm just wondering, like, I guess, one, how you've kind of gone about the time management aspect of it. And mm -hmm. two, like, what, what keeps you coming back despite, you know, so many um, responsibilities, I guess, kind of be putting on your shoulders? Again, I mean, I, I, you touched on it. If you want to have success at, at this level, you have to love it. You have to do it because you truly mm -hmm. love the game. And um I think that's that's the biggest thing you've something I've learned kind of as as I've gotten older when you're younger it's especially if you want to continue to improve at the highest level is when you're younger it's it's so easy to put in that time and put in that work whether it be strength and conditioning on the wall extra shooting for me taking extra mm -hmm. shots because you always have someone there to kind of tell you to do it you whether it be a player whether it be your parent your coach you know whoever it may be, a mentor telling you, hey, you need to you know, get this many reps on the wall today or you need to see this many shots today. I think as you get older and especially as you get into the college game, you have to want to do those things on your own. You, it has to come from within to say, all right, I need to put aside an hour today to go get some extra shots because I want to get better, I want to improve or I need to put an extra time, extra time in the in the training room to you know work on recovery, so I'm ready to go tomorrow because I want to. I want to be ready for that. I want to be you know bigger, right. faster, stronger. And I think if that's the mindset you have and you're doing it because you truly love it, you find the time to put in the extra hours outside of practice. And then also translating that into the classroom, you have to be willing to find the time to say, all right, I got to sit down for an hour and crank out some homework, or, or you know I have a test on Friday, I got to study now because I know you know big game this week you know right. lacrosse is going to take a lot of time this week I need to sit down this Sunday and study for my test next Friday I think time management is is a really important skill 
Is that something that you struggled with when you first get out there at all, or just uh, it seemed like you? It, it was some, it, it was something I really struggled with in high school. Believe really, okay. it or not, yeah, I was I was lacrosse twenty four seven. I didn't spend much time on schoolwork or didn't focus in school, and, I, and it, mm. it showed in my grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be totally honest with you, but I think once once I hit that community college year, I really kind of learned time management a little bit. Um, and then as I got to Denver, I, I kind of had a little system figured out, but it's still something I, I, wor- I try to work okay, on. Okay, and I'm going to blow through these next couple seasons really quick because I have some, a bunch of other questions for you. Spring 2017, sophomore season in Denver, played and started in all 17 games, finishing with 132 saves on 137 goals allowed. The Pioneers went 13-4 that season, defeated Air Force and Notre Dame to qualify for the NCAA semifinals where they suffered a one-goal loss to eventual national champ. Maryland, um, Alex in that game, by the way, 21 saves on 21 shots on goal in the NCAA semifinal. Biggie second team selection that year. Um, you know, you, you come in and, at Denver and, and you fill this role. They're coming off the national championship here. Two years later, you're still the keeper and get to the NCAA semifinal. One goal defeat to Maryland. Um, you know, on, on paper, it's like, oh, man, that stinks. But I'm sure... No, there's no moral victories for you here, but just kind of getting to that level. Um, I think I get what I'm getting at is like you, you finally proved you could hold your own getting to that level and, yep. and one goal loss to a nat- eventual national champion, the NCAA semifinals. That had to be fulfilling in a sense that at least you got to that level after all that you overcame. Um, I'm just kind of curious, first off, like in that moment, are you able to recognize that or was it one of those like, oh, I'm I'm really bad at goal and I need to get better here. Uh, I think when when you get to that stage, when you get to the final four and you go to the stadium for the first time, it's it's actually for a banquet they have at the stadium. So I think when you go there for the first time and you get a chance to stand on the field and look mm. back, you're like, wow, this is this is really incredible because um, that's what you grow up. That's what you that's your goal growing up. That's like the the peak of our sport right now is is playing in a final four, but. When it, when it gets down to you know practice time and preparing and game time okay. um, for the Final Four, you're, you're focused on the game. And then I think for us and for me, it was a tough loss. Um, so you take some time kind of digesting the loss. But um, after you know a couple of weeks, I was able to sit back and really appreciate the whole experience because you don't know if you're ever going to get back there again. So you have to really appreciate the experience. Yeah, for sure. and that's why I wanted to ask you about that. Um, spring 2018 season, uh, junior year at Denver, Alex played in 12 games, starting eight of them, finished with 76 saves, a 50.3 save percentage. Uh, Denver again goes 13-4 overall in 2018. Big East tourney runner-up, NCAA quarterfinals, um, where it lost 15-13 to Albany. Alex made 10 saves, second straight game with double-digit saves there. Um, I wanted to ask you first off, your junior year, uh, not being able to start all the games, I know where there there were some injuries things, and you kind of had to battle through that. I don't want to get you in hot water or anything here, but I'm just kind of curious, your first time being in college kind of dealing with an injury, because um, this podcast is about, like, how people overcome mm-hmm. obstacles and stuff, and I'm kind of curious, like, how you, you went about dealing with that and being on the sidelines for the first time. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, it, it, I've dealt with injuries kind of ever since my senior year of high school. I've had uh, – three knee surgeries since my senior year of high school wow. yeah um but this year I, I it was just a, a tough year you kind of get in one of those funks I think um I had a really tough game against Duke I, I didn't play very well mm. um and I, I think that kind of shook me a little bit mentally um and then dealing with a couple physical problems uh on top of that just made for a really tough go I, I finally started to get healthy uh kind of felt like I was getting back to myself a little bit um, coaches decided to go a different direction. 
uh, for a little bit there. And I think, you know, that's sports, that's, that's athletics, um, especially at that level, everyone's competitive, everyone's super, super talented. Um, and at the time the coaches felt like that was the best decision and, and it was my job to be the best teammate I could continue to work as hard as I could every day in practice and, um, support the guy who was in there I think was really important because overall at the end of the day as much as you want to succeed personally you want the team to succeed um, I went to Denver because I want to win championships um, I want to win a national championship and if that meant you know playing or if it meant supporting the guy who was in there I was going to try to do whatever job that was to the best mm. of my ability but it was definitely challenging and I think I grew a lot from it mentally um, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the game, watching it from the sidelines. Um, as you had mentioned, that was the first time I had ever watched from the sideline. Mm. Um, even going back to when I was younger, I, I'd always started or I'd always played a significant amount. Um, so I think it was a huge opportunity for me to grow, and I think I'm better off because of it. And I think it's important that you brought that up because so often, uh, well, not often, but sometimes like, it's how you react when things don't go well that sometimes maybe college coaches are watching. Are mm -hmm. you holding your head when, when things aren't going in your favor? Or are you picking yourself up or picking your teammates up? And, and that's kind of an important lesson, I think, for, for young guys out there to, to keep in mind. Um, I wanted to, to ask you a little bit just as far as the in intricacies of the goalie. So oftentimes that's a role where you got to be extremely vocal because, you know, your defenders have your back to you and, and you kind of see things a little bit better, uh, a wider perspective. Just kind of give me an idea during a game. What are some things that you're calling out that you see, certain plays? How are you running your defense? Yeah, well, I think it varies week to week depending on the game plan, depending on who, who you're playing that week. Um, but very generally, trying to just communicate where the ball's at on the field, you know, top right, top left, um, things like that, establishing a hot guy who's going to slide if, if the guy on ball gets beat. Um, just little things if, if I need to tweak, you know, where a guy's standing on the field or if, or if we're extent, getting a little too extended and we need to, you know, um, bring it back in a little bit. Um, just general things like that. I, I try not to say too much um, because for me, I have, I have three guys in front of me who have started their whole careers. Um, so they kind of take the lead on, on the defense and I just try to clean up a little bit um, in the back and what I've found throughout my career is if you say too much or try to do too much communicating wise, um, it, it kind of confuses guys, guys, you know, cause you've got me trying to tell you what to do. You've got, you know, another defenseman trying to tell you what to do. So I've found that, um, as keeping communicating as, as simple as I possibly can with them. And I think just trying to help them in the little areas where I can and look kind of letting them you know, run the defense, so to speak. Do you guys have any special, because uh, you, you don't want to give the, the secrets away to the opposing team, so right. do you have any special names for the certain defenses that you're calling out or slides that you're calling yeah, out? Yeah, we have uh, we have names for pretty much everything, uh, our basic slide package. Anything interesting? <laughs> interesting. Uh, we, we, had, we had a defense named after Tom Brady this year. Okay. Um, <laughs> we had a defense called Polar Bear. All right. Uh, those would probably be our, our two. They, they're kind of random names. They kind of just make them up on, a, on the spot. Right. Hey, uh, jersey number 16, any significance behind that? Is there a story we just want to uh, hear? My dad wore that number in high school. Oh, cool. Uh, for football, yeah. All right. Yeah. So you pretty much wore that your whole yeah. career. Um, I haven't asked you that, and this, this, is the, this is the important part because classroom comes first. What are you studying? So I'm a communication major with, and I'm minoring in marketing, venture management, and entrepreneurship. Wow. Yeah, so it's venture <laughs> management. Venture management and entrepreneurship are, are kind of clumped together as one minor. What's the dream job there? 
I, you know, I, right now I think I'd love to coach, honestly. Um, I'd love to coach division one lacrosse. Um, but I also really enjoy kind of the business side of lacrosse, whether it be camps, clinics, lacrosse events, stuff like that. So have you coached yet? Any youth? Uh, yeah. So I coached, um, coached loan away, which, which isn't around anymore. They merged with Rock down in Maryland. Lone Away is a, was a uh, local lacrosse club run by a uh, former Mannheim Township coach, Kyle Warner, yep. which was uh, Alex's head coach when he was with the Blue Streaks. Um, and what was that that experience like? I mean, your first years, I guess, were you with like yeah, you so guys, that was, like 14 and under? That was, uh, that was after my senior year of high school, I did that. And then I when I went out to Denver, I started working for LXTC, which is the club program run by Coach T and Trevor Tierney out there. And then the Goalie Evolution Academy, which is a goalie academy run by Ryan LaPlante. Um, and, and that, I would say, is where I really developed my love for coaching and helping uh, kids develop. Um, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a great experience. I feel like hopefully I've taught those kids something. I know I've learned a lot from coaching. You kind of see the game from a different perspective right. that I think is really unique. Um, these are the kind of questions that don't really fit a timeline, but I, it's not every day I get to sit across from a Division One lacrosse goalie. Um, one of the topics, at least the last couple of years, that I've read about, does lacrosse need a shot clock? I'm wondering where you come down on that. I go back and forth, to be honest, because for pace of play reasons, I, I think yes. I think if you're, if you're a viewer watching the game at home, particularly if you're not familiar with lacrosse, if you're a new viewer to the game, sitting and watching a three, four, five minute possession, quite frankly, I think is pretty boring, if, especially if you don't know the ins and outs of the game. Um, I, I think it works on the MLL level, the Major League Lacrosse level, because at that level you have the best of the best. It's, it's first team All-Americans all over the field. So the skill level is there to, to play that fast. I think at the division one level, I think there's a lot of skill, but I, I don't know if there's enough skill to, to keep the quality of the game mm. high enough where you want the shot clock. I think in some cases, I think it would just turn into up and down turnover after turnover. But again, I don't know. I don't know what that would be like. I think we played it. We, we played a scrimmage last fall where we, we had a shot clock. I forget what it was. It wasn't 60 seconds. I think it might have been a minute and a half. Um, and even that was, that was fast. But I think for pure enjoyment of the game, I would love to see one. But I think it would be really interesting to see how the quality of the game would be at the collegiate level. Right. Um, do you do anything uh, like super? Do you have any superstitions? Like, do you wear the same, I don't know, undershirt or write anything in your cleats or? I used to be very, very superstitious. <laughs> uh, my freshman year, it was like ridiculous. If like, like I was like a total psycho about it. I've learned recently, particularly. Can you give us some examples? Oh God! I, I retaped my stick the night before every game. I I put my cleats in a certain spot in my locker, and <laughs> did anybody nobody, mess with you? No, All thankfully right. no. Um, they, they needed to be in a certain spot. I wore the same pair of tights every game. I wore the same game socks. I, you know, I, I did all kinds of stuff. I think I've learned recently to kind of let that stuff go a little bit, but yeah, I, I used to have a lot. Awesome. Um, so what does this, this summer consist of? You're back home now and you're going back and forth to Baltimore. So yeah, I'll, to? I actually tomorrow moved to Baltimore for, for the summer. I'm going to be working for Paul Rabel and Rabel companies. 
um, helping with all his events, planning all his events. What, I'm not familiar. What is that? Just an event? Uh, Paul like, Rabel is he's a professional lacrosse player for the New York Lizards, um, and um, is a big he's a big business guy, um, and he has his own like events business. So it's basically okay. like overnight camps. Uh, he has this thing called the Rabel Tour, where he travels around the country and puts on like one day camps um, and stuff like that. He has. He works with Scott Rogers, who's a goalie in the MLL, who runs a goalie school. And then he also has a piece of it that's called the Defensive Academy, which is Tucker Durkin and Kyle Hartzell, who also play in the MLL. They run a defensive academy for him. So I'll help out kind of organizing all those events and strategic thinking behind planning awesome. and all that stuff. Yes, it, you, it should be fun. Will you get any like college credit for doing that? Or are you just kind of getting the experience? No, unfortunately of, not. I'm not going to get But it's any. something that, that kind of touches on what you're majoring in, yeah. in a way, I guess. Yep. That's yeah, awesome. And, and being with Paul will be really fun. And as far as like getting in the gym or the cross field, what are you up to right now? Uh, so I just, I took, after the season, I took a couple weeks off. Um, and then at the beginning of this week, I started to really get back into the gym. Um, what does that look like for a Division One goalie? Yeah, so so right now for me it's a lot. I'm kind of we're moving into our strength phase of the off season where it's a lot of strength work um, and conditioning. So just for example, this morning I um, did uh, I squatted, hex bar deadlift, a lot of lower body this morning. Um, so stuff like that, a lot of heavy weights at this point, kind of getting back into that. Um, conditioning uh for me physical therapy stuff like that all right um and as far as nutrition like is that something that you're you're on right now or is that more so important during the season I no yes yeah, uh, okay. so nutrition something that has become really important to me over really I'm curious if you're like a really big health nut like green shakes and all yeah that i've right i've now. i've gotten there partially by choice and partly by necessity just because of some of the injuries i've had i've i've found that it helps me feel better so yeah, I'm I'm pretty big into nutrition. So, all right, so this is the point of the podcast as we wrap up here. I like to ask guests like, um, is there anything advice-wise that you can kind of give us, whether it be something a philosophy that you apply to yourself to kind of push you forward, or maybe somebody out there is going through a hardship right now and kind of needs a pick me up. And I'm just kind of curious. You you've seen the ups and downs. You've been mm -hmm. at the highest of highs and lowest of lows. It seems like uh, so far in your career. And I'm just kind of curious if there's anything that you could leave us with there. Yeah, I think. Something that I've learned throughout whatever it is now, 16 or 17 years of playing sports is that there's no substitute for hard work. I think a lot of times people kind of look for ways out or, or kind of excuses not to work hard or, or not to put in the time and the work that's needed to be successful. And I think um, you, just have to, you just have to work hard. I think working, if you work hard, I think good things will happen. Um, I've, I've found, and at least with myself, I've found that if I know going into a game or, or going into a season that I put in the hours, I put in the hard work, I put the grind in that, I can live with the results at the end. I, mm. The biggest thing for me is I don't want to look back and say, well, I could have done more. Mm. So I think um, just kind of that, that mentality of, of no substitute for hard work. You've got to work hard if you want to be successful, whether it be in sports and business or whatever your profession is. Um, I think that's something that that a lot of people could go by. Awesome, man. Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed today's podcast and you enjoyed listening to the previous 82 episodes, so feel free to go back and listen to those in the archives. Just last week, we chatted with Warwick alum Will Mobley. He's now trying to prove himself the next level as a walk-on kicker with the Temple University football team. Next week, we'll be chatting with Hempfield alum Andrew Yoder. He's now among the best Ironman competitors in the world. He also makes a living locally by training folks for triathlons. It's a really uh, awesome story, and he has a lot of insight both 
athletically in life, I think you guys would really benefit hearing from. With that being said, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future guests on this show. So if you listen to this right now and think, hey, I know this person, they'd be great on the show. Feel free to throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Alex, anything to promote? Can people follow you anywhere? <laughs> uh, I mean, Instagram, if you, if you want to follow or uh, I don't even know, aready16, I think is my Instagram handle. That's really the only social media I use. So Good stuff. All right, and uh, Denver Men's Lacrosse is at DU underscore MLAX on Twitter, and you can find the upcoming schedule at denverpioneers.com. All right, before we're up, up here, just wanted to give a shout-out to my colleagues Tyler Huber and Irene Snedder. They are the engineers slash producers of this podcast. Thanks to another colleague, Claudia Espenshade. She gets this thing online. So thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening. Alex, thanks for uh, sharing your story, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome.